Hey y'all, welcome to Big Texas Bossin', the show that spills the Texas tea on bossing up, tossing coins, and living your biggest and best life on your own terms. I'm your host, Lelani Wilson-Jones. It's time for Big Texas Bossin' with Lelani Wilson-Jones. Spilling the tea on bossing up. In this segment, we will talk with Will Harvey about being an ex-athlete on the road to becoming an entrepreneurial mastermind. We will delve into his resume, both past and present. We will discuss his real estate ventures and how it makes him a boss in Texas and Georgia. We will also cover his strategy for leveraging his brand and bossing up his business and nonprofit ventures. Welcome, Mr. Harvey. Thank you, thank you. Tell us, who is Will Harvey? Will Harvey, he's a father, he's a brother, he's a son. He's a guy just trying to make an imprint in this big old world out here and uh, make a difference at the same time. All right. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your NFL career? Well, I bounced around a couple of NFL teams. I ended up going to Canada, uh, playing CFL ball for five years. Um, I was based in Calgary as well as uh, Toronto. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So at what phase of your career did you have a backup plan from football? Um, the backup plan, it started by as a, as a teenager in high school and college. I knew a lot of professional athletes. Actually, my uncle was a professional. He was a professional athlete in the NFL for many years. Um, he didn't have a backup plan. And I noticed a lot of people didn't have a backup plan. I knew football wasn't going to be forever. I knew the life expectancy of an athlete. And I wanted to have a real and sustainable career. So that's why I decided when I went to college that I was going to be in the environmental management. I didn't want to be in the office all day. I want to be outside, be around people. So I wouldn't see the four walls closing in on me. <laughs> All right. So tell us about what made you decide to go on and obtain an MBA. Where did you obtain your undergraduate degree from? I went to the illustrious Louisiana State University, Go Tigers. Um, <laughs> got my undergraduate as uh, BS in environmental management. And I, get, I received my B MBA at Texas Women's University here in Houston. Okay, that's wonderful. What made you have the foresight to see that you needed an MBA? Foresight for me to get an MBA, I didn't want to be stagnated or in a complacent space in corporate America. And for me to excel and for me to grow in the industry, I knew I needed a advanced degree. And me having an MBA gave me that opportunity to progress and grow and have a business set my state. Right. That's absolutely fantastic. So in your transition, was that difficult going from sports into the corporate world? I say yes and no. And the reason why I say yes and no is because there's a lot of parallels and there's a lot of differences. Um, transitioning from playing professional ball which is a individual as well as a team sport 
but also as a accomplishment in a business thing as in incentives of you performing well. And in the corporate America, in some instances, you have to work with a team and some that you're working definitely solo. And a lot of your accolades are based on your performance, how well you do and what you deliver. Absolutely. So what was your first position after you left the NFL or you left the league? (laughs) Uh, Ironically, I was working as a consultant for an environmental uh, construction consulting firm. They built hospitals, they built apartment Mm -hmm. complexes, they also built commercial buildings. So I was their environmental specialist um, for, for the company. Okay, that's awesome. And so you've transitioned quite a bit. Let's talk about your journey and the transition that got you to where you are now. Cool. Do we have enough time? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I'm sure it was a tumultuous Rocky Road. I love those stories. If you could just it, give it, us it, it was definitely a learn lessons throughout the way. Um, it had gave me time to grow. It gave me time to understand who I am as a person. For me to understand myself as a businessman, as a leader, a manager of sorts, um, working with people, managing people. So the transitions was pretty. It was hard, but it was fair. I okay. learned some life lessons that I use today for me to really strive in the industry that I'm in today. Can you give us an example of what you use today from the lessons that you learned? People management. Um, I Not only that I'm a realtor myself, I have a team that's under me, and it's called the Harvey team. And managing a team, managing people, managing personalities, managing the business sense and knowing how to direct and also lead at the same time and make sure that everybody's accountable for their actions and what they do and their performance goes a long way for me. And it taught me a lot in the corporate America, me learning these these life lessons. Absolutely. I truly understand as a business owner myself, holding people accountable uh, to their day-to-day task even sometimes can be challenging. What do you find is your best mechanism to keep people going through a pandemic? Well, like I tell everybody, I, I don't really have a certain management style. It's a, I, I would consider it or tag it as adaptive because everybody is different. So you have to manage people from where they are and where you want them to be. Especially during this pandemic, you know, nobody really knew or understood what was happening. How do we manage it? How do we still work our day to day? Especially being an entrepreneur, we we can't take PTO. We can't take six days off. <laughs> Tell me about so it. So we we still have to go no no matter what. And understanding managing the life events, understanding managing things that happen and day-to-day basis is very challenging but it's exciting at the same time it keeps me going it keeps me motivated and um it it definitely 
creates a, a, a dynamic environment. So it's never a dull moment. Everything's different every day. Right. Now you are in two states. Not only are you challenging the ever-changing market of Houston, Texas, you're also in Georgia. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how you handle sure. being in two states? Well, I, I consider myself uh, bi-coastal. bi-coastal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I always wanted to expand and not only expand, create a legacy. Um, it worked out that my brother actually lives in Georgia. He just retired. He wanted to get into real estate. And it kind of pushed me to the extent like this is a chance for me to grow. I can um, invade another state and take over another state as well as create a legacy for not only our family, for our kids, and that we wanted to have some sustainable. A lot of people, mm -hmm. the rich people, have real estate portfolios. And I wanted to see the difference. You can, you can never be great if you just do one thing. And having seen two different views of how real estate is handled in two different states creates a better, a, a better dynamic for me to teach my agents, to teach myself, and for me to grow in the industry. Because you see two different things. You see how people interact. You see how business is done in two different states. And you see how how you can be better and when you move forward to take over the next state in the next snowfall world. Right. What would you say the biggest difference in doing business in Texas versus Georgia is? Um, anybody tell you, you, getting your license in Texas is absolutely the hardest license to get in any of the states in the U.S. Mm. So getting Georgia, and it, it was... I wouldn't say it was easier, but they they do things differently. You know, we're a title state here. Mm -hmm. Georgia is an uh, attorney state. So when you do closing, you have to do little things a little bit more different. Um, things that you pay for and come out of pocket for, yes, they may have a bigger um, sales price tag on it, but they take a lot more money out. That is, that is definitely a, uh, a state tax state okay. for sure. <laughs> They love their taxes, huh? Yes. Um, the clientele, it's, it's definitely different. Um, you have different walks of people, I, I would say. Um, you know, here in Texas, you have more of your oil and gas and healthcare rooted people here, majority of them. In Georgia, it's more of your entrepreneurs, um, military people. So that there's the different people that you would have to run across and know how to maneuver around these people and make sure you can get what their needs are and that the needs are met as well. Okay, so the clientele in closing in Georgia is different from the clientele in Texas. And how do you balance who your clients are? Well, I've been blessed, and I, I, I say this with, no hesitation that I've been blessed with majority of my clientele has been through referrals. Nice. There's no lead generations, no marketing. It's solely been from referrals. And I'm in the business of not just making money. I mean, everybody's in the business of making money, but 
for me, it's it's the connection. It's the people first. It's the people connection that I, I like to make with the people. So it's it's about the people for me. Okay. And when you when you connect with the people, money will come. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's been that way for me since I started this real estate industry. Wow, that's phenomenal. Now tell us what birthed the idea for the Mansa Musa project. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> sure. So real estate is my love. I love real estate. I love it, I love it, I love it. But the kids, they're my passion. So what birthed the Mansa Musa project? Well let me let me step back. Let's talk about who the man is. Mansa okay. Musa was a black king who was the richest man that ever lived to date. And what made him so profound is that not only was he the richest man, he gave all his riches away. And for me, my riches are my resource. So then the inner school, inner city schools now, they were taking a, a lot of these resources away from the inner city kids. So there's no more cosmetology. There's no more home ec, no wood shop, no real work. College is not for everyone. Right. Military is not for everyone. So what do you what do you leave these kids to do? What are they able to do? Besides being out in the streets, getting in trouble, things like that. I want to I provide resources for these kids so they can have a a different opportunity to do things. So with that being said, my resources my riches are my resources that I give to these kids. I provide them not only mentoring, tutoring, you know, mental health is huge in the community, especially in the inner city. We give them counseling and we also do the parent portion. We try to bring the parent back into the dynamic because most of these parents are working two or three jobs or they're not really around to rear their kids. So I try to bring them back in the fold and that's what speared this Massimisa project. Uh, the love and the energy I have for these kids, to be around the kids, because at the end of the day, they are our future. We, we're going to need them. So if we don't give them any direction, how can we expect them to strive? Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you didn't expect from one of your mentees in the project? What I didn't expect. Was well, there anything that caught you by surprise? Well, some of yeah. A lot of my mentees, well, I won't say a lot, a lot of them has really strived from the program. You know, we, we teach them some life lessons. Like, some of these kids don't even know how to tie a tie, change a tire, what they need to do for an interview, how to do an interview, uh, how to dress for an interview, um, what they, what they need to do about a resume, what their resume needs to look like, what does it need to say, right. how to even prepare for it or write a college application. We, we do all these different things for these kids and provide them all these resources so they can have that step up that some of us were provided, some of us wasn't provided. But we definitely wanted to give them these things. And a few of my kids are going to some big schools. Some of them are going to some small schools, but they, they have full rides. A, oh, awesome. acad- a lot of them is academic rides, not even just sports, which is... Um, ecstatic over over the moon over and uh, it's, it's a success story for me absolutely uh tell us what's next for your business well 
you know, my ultimate goal is to be the real estate mogul for the South. I, I want to take over the South, all the Southern states. Um, I want to invade all those states, uh, be a who's who household name, myself and my team. And um, I, I want to give back. And, you know, the Mass Music Project, I definitely want that to grow. I definitely want that to expand. Absolutely. And I want to have that reach for the kids. Because at the end of the day, for me, it's about the kids. Yes, absolutely. All right. Can you tell us where we can find you? Sure. Um, you can find me at www.harveywill. I, I like that email. I mean, that website, because, you know, if nobody can do it, Harvey will. So harveywill.com. And you can reach me on Instagram at willtherealtor um, underscore. And last but not least, you can always reach me on Facebook at Will Harvey, um, the real estate giant. All right. Well, that is wonderful. The uh, Big Texas Bossing Podcast can be found on every major streaming site. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Big Texas Bossing. Subscribe to Big Texas Bossing Podcast, YouTube, watch for alerts and more episodes. Until next time, keep bossing up, tossing coins, and living your biggest and best life. Thank you, Mr. Harvey. It's been a pleasure. Oh,